Johnny is a successful banker who lives happily in San Francisco townhouse with his fiancée Lisa. One day, inexplicably, she gets bored of him and decides to seduce Johnny's best friend Mark. From there, nothing will be the same again. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the B-Movie Bros. Here we review B-Movies to the best of our abilities. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. So, this week on B-Movie Bros, we are talking about the 2003 Tommy Wiseau movie, The Room. Now, what you just heard, if you're curious, was us talking in the style of Tommy Wiseau. And I gave you the description from IMDb. Do, do we just get into it? Uh, I'll just say it's not known for anything good. It, it is a cult classic. Yeah, it definitely it's and, definitely considered a cult classic. And this month just so happens to be cult classic month. Yeah. Now, just to recap, Paul, what is a cult classic? A cult classic is a movie that has a very strong following of fans. Not normally a very large group of fans, but a very dedicated group. And normally a movie that's weird as fuck. Let's just jump right into it. Paul, let's talk about the technical difficulties. What are the top and bottom three things about this movie? What do you want to do first, top or bottom? Uh, let's praise this movie a little bit before we start insulting it. All right, so I'll go first. Number three, the movie did have tits in it. Bear tits. Not bears in raw giant hairy mammal bear, but bear is in naked. There were naked tits in the movie, and they were female, so that was good. Number two, um, the character of Claudette, Lisa's mother, she seems like the only genuine character in this movie. Her lines are kind of believable, and how she reacts to things just seems like the way your, like, bitchy old lady would react. And, you know, she kind of reminds me of my grandma, how she would, like, flip out on people about certain things. It was just hilarious because she was just, like, unbridled, unfiltered, you know, you're going to listen to what I have to say. And then number one was actually the dialogue of the movie. It, it kept me laughing through most of the movie. Even though the dialogue's not supposed to be funny, it's supposed to be serious. Just how it's delivered and how it's written, it, it's just funny. It, I can't help myself. And it was funny throughout like the, the entire movie. There was always a new line to laugh at, just the way it was delivered. So, Paul, what are your top three things about this movie? Well, for number three, I'm, I'm also going to go with the dialogue. There were so many memorable quotes in this movie. It was ridiculous. Each one, since Tommy was so kind of talks with an unknown accent, you can tell the way the, the dialogue is written that he wrote it because it's in the way he, he um, speaks and the actors are trying to match his inflections. It was just beautiful. For number two... There are so many plot points in this movie that are just brought up and dropped and just never spoken to again. It just it was really entertaining to watch. Just trying to figure out wait what's going on. There was a drug deal going on with um Denny and Chris R. Claudette apparently had breast cancer. Johnny had some kind of mysterious client that he just abruptly what? stops talking about. Whoa. What? Whoa. And for number one. The conversations people had, it was, they were just saying lines, and the next one would have nothing to do with it. 
almost this entire movie was made up of non sequiturs. So let's talk about what was bad about this movie. What are the bottom three things? Number three, actually, one of, one of the things you really enjoyed, I did not, the, uh, the plot holes in this movie. The random sex, the tuxedos, why were they wearing them? Why were they playing football? It made no sense. It wasn't the wedding day, and they were talking about wedding pictures. Did nothing for the plot. Um, actually, football. Why are they playing football? Why are there footballs lying around everywhere? Because it's and, a, an American drama, and that is what Americans do. You, you had you had Chris R. and the drug subplot that just kind of came out of nowhere and went nowhere. At one point, Mark and Johnny are running in the woods, and then it cuts to another scene where Mark is having sex with Lisa, and then it cuts back to them still running through the woods, and we're like, um... Did he just, like, leave him in the middle of the woods to go have sex with his fiance and then come back? I'll be right back, Johnny. I have to use the bathroom, but I have to drive home to do it. I, I feel uncomfortable, like, taking a shit anywhere that's not my house. So. Which just so happens to be the apartment across from yours. <laughs> Pretty much. And, like, no time passes either. It's amazing. And then, uh, number two, speaking of disappearing to have sex, is the awkward sex scenes coupled with terrible songs. The worst R&B music you've ever heard. You are my rose, you are my rose. One of what? the songs just repeats that over and over again. While, while Tommy Wiseau has sex with uh, with Lisa's belly button. It was so uncomfortable to watch. Oh, your armpit, it is so... Armpity. <laughs> I, what was he doing? And then it's it's not any better with with uh, with Mark rubbing his beard all over Lisa's neck. He's like touching her arm and rubbing his beard against her. Like, oh yeah, you like that beard, don't you? Most awkward thing I've ever seen. Number one, the timeline and sequencing of this movie. When is everything happening? What is the time span of this movie? Like I said before, you know they're they're running in the woods. Then Mark's having sex with. Lisa, then they're running through the woods again, and then they're in tuxedos playing football, and then there's a drug deal on the roof, and then Lisa's mother has breast cancer, and then Johnny gets fired, and then it just, you know, then Lisa's telling people about Johnny beating her, and he's like, oh, I got drunk last night, but I did not hit her, and then, you know, she has sex with Mark, and then she has sex with Johnny, and then... They're talking to people, and he's like, I did not hit her last night. We got drunk. I did not get my promotion. And it's like, wait, that all happened in one day? Yeah, it's great, because there's one point where um, Mark and and Johnny are, are at some kind of coffee shop, and they're talking as if, like, a lot of time has passed catching up, but it's like a day between what happened. You're led to believe that, like, oh, months have gone by, they haven't seen each other. It's like maybe a day. Probably just like a couple hours. So how are you doing, Mark? I haven't seen you in so long. It's been hours. Like they, they just need timestamps in this movie to tell me what what is going on. I think maybe this movie was shot in a particular order, but that wasn't the the time the the chronological order of what happened in the movie. But they just shot it in one order, and that's how they put it together instead of actually moving the pieces around to where they're supposed to be. So all right, Paul, I'll let you, I'll let you get onto your bottom three. What do you think? What, what did you not like about this movie? Oh, God. Well, for number three, Danny. Who the hell was Danny? Who? who? Exactly. He's just this kid who, like, lives in the same building and shows up at their place and wants to watch them have sex and then has a drug deal go wrong. And there's no point to him being there. He just shows up randomly. It's like, oh, hi, Danny. And he's like, 
well, I guess I'll be seeing you guys now. He's just there to leave the scene. It's, it's fantastic. Number two, the long, drawn-out sex scenes, like you said before. It was just so ridiculous. It, they went on for, like, five minutes. There would be just hardly any time between them. and just go from Lisa's having sex with Johnny, now, now with uh, Mark. And it was so awkward to watch and so uncomfortable. They're just, like, touching each other, like barely on the arm, and then Tommy was so, like, awkwardly humps her belly button or whatever he can get at. I mean, I think there was more sex in, in the first 30 minutes of The Room than there are in some, in a lot of full-length porno features. Probably. Lasted just as long. And for number one, I'm gonna have to go with, like you said before, it was impossible to tell how much time had passed. Instead of having, like, scenes that might help transition, you just get scenes of them, like, playing football or randomly running in the park like nothing that showed like an amount of time that passed and you know what i think since we both like the dialogue so much and, and it's been so long we need to get into a quote war, quote war. i'm going first quote ready war. get ready for this if you love me you'll drink this no it's not true don't even ask i don't know what to do man i'm so depressed it's all her fault she's such a manipulative bitch you're tearing me apart lisa Get out of my house. I'll break every bone in your body. I'll kill you. No, I can't. Anyways, how's your sex life? Aw, oh, man. I just can't figure women out. Sometimes they're just too smart. Sometimes they're flat out stupid. Other times, they're just evil. Leave your stupid comments in your pocket. Johnny didn't get his promotion, and he got drunk last night. And he hit me. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> and, and that concludes this ed episode's edition of Quote Wars. Um, you can tweet us at bmoviebros or on our Facebook page at b-moviebros. Have you seen this movie? Did we say your favorite quote? Who won this episode's Quote Wars? Let us know. Let's get our final take going here. Um, on our shot scale which is a scale, a reverse scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst, how many shots do you need to get through this movie? Paul, I'm going to let you go first this time. Just a number score, what do you say? I'll give this movie a 2 out of 10. Oh, for, for the one of the worst movies ever, that's not too bad. Well, I, I myself only gave this movie a 3 out of 10. So uh, why don't you tell us why you gave this movie a 2 out of 10 on our shot scale? This definitely is a bad movie, and it's well known for it. I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. It's just such a mess. Every minute of it is just pure, terrible gold. It's made by a guy who completely fails to understand human interactions, but thinks he understands it well enough to make a movie and recreate them, and it comes off as so awkward and clunky, and everything about it is just terrible. Like, he does not know how to make a movie. And I think that this movie is basically what would happen if an alien from another planet, which Tommy Wiseau may have been, came to Earth, studied people for like a week, and then tried to make a TV drama. This is what it would be like. It, it was just such a perfect failure, and I think it really deserves its cult following. I would recommend it to anyone who can appreciate a movie that's so bad it's good. You know, the Room was intended to be a serious movie, and as such, it fails miserably. Therefore, they advertise it as a black comedy, which it really isn't. 
you know, this movie unintentionally becomes funny once you start paying attention to the dialogue, which is just atrocious. The dialogue and characters are so bad that they make this movie hilarious. It's hard to describe this other than being one of those things that's so bad it's good. I, I don't have anything else to say about it. You know, I can understand the cult following in that it's actually fun to watch. You know, I give this a 3 out of 10 because it's not as bad as some people describe it, but only because it's so bad that it's good. We know not everybody likes the same shit that we do, so let's give this B-movie an A-movie companion. We're going to compare this movie to an A-class movie, a higher-class movie. Paul, what's your A-movie companion for The Room? My A-movie companion is the 1941 classic Citizen Kane by Orson Welles. Okay, I'm going to keep people in suspense there for a moment. Just think about that. Citizen Kane, which a lot of times is touted as the best movie ever. Now, my A-movie companion is the 2002 movie The Good Girl, starring Jennifer Aniston, Jake Gyllenhaal, and John C. Riley. Both movies feature a female who's bored with the man they're living with. You know, Jennifer Aniston is bored with John C. Riley. Lisa's bored with Johnny. Jennifer Aniston's character's name is Justine. Just, just for future reference here. Justine and Lisa's men both have a friend who's into drugs. Uh, Justine and Lisa both have an affair which lasts for some time. Justine and Lisa both end up sleeping with their man's best friend. Both Justine and Lisa's man find out that they're being cheated on through some outside source. Johnny plants a tape recorder in his apartment, and Phil, Justine's husband, finds out when his doctor tells him that he's sterile, even though Justine is pregnant. Um, both movies are you know, advertised as black comedies. And in the end, one of the main female characters' lovers ends up committing suicide. Spoiler alert! Holden... Jake Gyllenhaal's character kills himself in The Good Girl. And uh, Johnny, Tommy Wiseau's character, ends up killing himself at the end of The Room. And that's why The Good Girl from 2002 is the same movie as Tommy Wiseau's The Room from 2003. So, Paul, what do you have to say about uh, Citizen Kane being the same movie as uh, The Room? Citizen Kane and The Room are practically the same movie. Both Citizen Kane and The Room were about men who attempted to, to get others to love them using their vast riches and resources. Both protagonists fail in their search for love. And this is a spoiler for both movies, but in Citizen Kane, Charles's political career fails early because of a scandal, and his wife leaves him to live her own life rather than a life that he wanted for her. In the room, Johnny's fiance has an affair with Johnny's best friend, Mark, and ultimately leaves him because she feels unfulfilled by him, and he also loses his friendship with Johnny when they fight over Lisa's affection. And both movies end the exact same way. After losing the love of his life and realizing that love was unattainable despite all of his money, at the end of Citizen Kane, Charles breaks out in a violent raids, destroying everything he owns because they have no meaning. And after that, he grabs hold of a snow globe, and inside the snow globe is a little boy holding a sled. And he remembers his youth. He remembers playing outside in the snow with his sled right before his mother sent him away to live with a rich man. 
And soon after that, he dies saying the words Rosebud, which was which were the words imprinted on his sleigh. So he died remembering his past before all the tragedy. In the room, at the end, Johnny breaks down and completely destroys everything in his apartment in a scene that's totally not a ripoff of Citizen Kane, and then collapses, takes hold of the dress he bought Lisa at the beginning of the movie, recalls his happy memories, and then shoots himself in the head, ending his life. In both movies, the protagonist is played by the same person who wrote and directed it. Orson Welles played Charles Kane, and he wrote and directed Citizen Kane, and Tommy Wiseau played Johnny and also wrote and directed The Room. And finally, Citizen Kane is considered a masterpiece um, and was declared the best movie ever made. And The Room, conversely, is considered a disaster and the worst film ever made. It's also dubbed the Citizen Kane of bad movies. So that is why Citizen Kane is just an A-movie version of The Room. So I think we've come to everybody's favorite part in the show. If you, like us, like to drink during your movie, here are some ways to drink away the flick. Drink away the flick. Come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the flick. I'm going to give you some drinking games. Paul's going to give you some drinking games. Number one, every time Tommy Wiseau goes, ha, 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 take a drink. Number two, every time Denny shows up, take a drink. Number three, anytime boobs, take a drink. Number four, Anytime Claudette flips out on someone, take a drink. And number five, of course, because it's cult classic month, take a drink every time you find a connection between the movies we review this month. The Room is considered the worst movie ever. Troll 2 is considered the worst movie ever. Plan 9 from Outer Space is considered the worst movie ever. Take three drinks right there. Seems like you can watch the worst movie ever and never watch the same movie twice. Yeah, and Tommy Wiseau is basically the Ed Wood of our day, and his first language probably wasn't English, just like the creators of Troll 2, so he also wouldn't listen to anybody who told him any of his ideas were bad, just like in Troll 2 and Plan 9 from Outer Space. So, yeah, you can keep going with this. It's take a drink. Yeah. Paul, what kind of drinking games do you have for this movie? Number one, every time you see a football, take a drink. Every time someone makes a chicken noise, take a drink. Every time there's a non sequitur, take a drink. What the fuck's a non sequitur? A non sequitur is when you randomly change topics of a, of a conversation. Oh, that conquistador thing. Yes. Gotcha. And number four, every time a terrible sex scene with horrible R&B music plays, take two drinks. And those are your ways to drink away this flick. If you want to join us next week... We continue Cult Classic Month with a certain 1975 musical, which is about Brad, Janet, and some transsexual transvestites from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> so until then, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Bros. Like us on Facebook at B-Movie, space B-R-O-S, that's Bros. And uh, until we meet again, be brave. Be alive. Be back next week. <laughs>